Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to my show. This is Partners in Health and Biz, the podcast, and we are broadcasting live. Not live, but (laughs) we are podcasting from our Columbia, Maryland studio. I'm so very happy you could join me this morning. This is a wonderful, beautiful day. As I always say, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And so in case you're wondering, yes, I am Gail Dixon McBride, your host. And today's topic is what's in your cosmetics may be making you sick. That's right. There's so many cosmetics on the uh, that we can purchase from the grocery stores, from cosmetic stores. And the cosmetics that we're talking about, anywhere from lipsticks to eyeliners to mascara, even lotions that we put on our body, are considered cosmetics. And we find them every day, very accessible. But many of you do not know and did not know that most of those cosmetics that you're applying to your skin have various chemicals and different preservatives in them that may be making you sick. So we're going to talk to this morning about a few of those things that are in your products. Uh, We are also going to talk about things found in products such as your shampoo, your uh, liquid soap, your bubble bath. Yes, all of these this morning. And also we're going to talk about what's in your anti antibacterial antibacterial products that you use to disinfect your hands and make sure your hands are clean, especially during this time of coronavirus and the COVID-19. So let me see. I'll start out with a product or a, not a product, but I will start out with a chemical preservative that many of you have heard about. In fact, this ingredient is used to many times embalm the the deceased. And we're talking about formaldehyde. Formaldehyde and formaldehyde releasing preservatives are used, yes, in many personal care products, particularly in shampoos and liquid body soaps. These chemicals help prevent bacteria from growing in water-based products, but can be absorbed through the skin and have been linked to both skin sensitivity and cancer. And you're saying, well, Gail, I'm sure the products I'm using don't have any formaldehyde. Well, if you're not using organic products, um, natural products, and you're not reading what's in the products that you're purchasing and using on your skin or in your hair, then you most likely are using uh, maybe a product that has some formaldehyde. Formaldehyde is used as an ingredient in nail polishes, nail glues, eyelash glues, hair gels, and many other personal care products and has recently been found in hair smoothing products. Personal care products such as baby shampoo, baby soap, and body washes may contain formaldehyde, even though it is not listed as an ingredient. And you're wondering why? Well, it's because these products may contain formaldehyde-releasing uh, preservatives. Uh, 
Now, the European Union restricts the use of formaldehyde in personal care products and requires that products with formaldehyde or formaldehyde release ingredients carry the label contains formaldehyde. Canada also restricts the, con the concentration of formaldehyde and it is banned from use, use in cosmetics and toiletries in both Japan and Sweden. Where it comes from? Well, formaldehyde can be added to products as an ingredient or released from, again, formaldehyde releasing preservatives such as quaternium uh, 15. Formaldehyde releasing preservatives are commonly used in place of formaldehyde and release small amounts of formaldehyde over time, which is why you may not know. And so since low levels of formaldehyde can cause health problems at levels as low as 250 parts per million and even lower levels in sensitized individuals, the slow release of small amounts of, of formaldehyde are cause for concern. So hopefully I've got you a little perked up this morning and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Let me check it out. Some people, many people have skin sensitivity. Formaldehyde in cosmetics is widely understood to cause allergic skin reactions and rashes in some people. Although concentrations of formaldehyde in personal care products are generally, and I repeat, generally low, everyday products can contain enough formaldehyde to trigger a reaction in people with formaldehyde sensitivities. Formaldehyde sensitivity may develop over time due to repeated low level exposure from an early age. So what you're doing is maybe not immediately, you may not get a reaction from a product that you're using, a shampoo or um, a hair gel or nail polish, you may not in immediately get a rash or reaction, but over time, the effects, the cumulative effects of using products that have these type of chemicals and preservatives can be dangerous to your health. So you're asking me, well, how dangerous can it be? Okay, let's talk about cancer. Is that dangerous enough for you? Formaldehyde is considered a known human carcinogen by many expert government bodies, including the United States Department of Health and Human Services and the International Agency for Research on Cancer. And so a recent review of the literature on occupational exposures and formaldehyde shows a link between formaldehyde and you've heard of this one leukemia most studies of the cancer potency of formaldehyde have focused on risk from inhaling it cancer risk from ingesting formaldehyde or absorbing it through the skin are not as well studied however when formaldehyde is present in personal care products People can be exposed by inhaling the formaldehyde that is off-gassed from the product by ingesting it or by absorbing it through the skin. So think about that nail polish and how many of you ladies are going to get your nails done at a nail um, salon 
and uh, you walk into the salon. I've walked in myself and I've smelled this strong, strong odor. Now, the people that are in there, the cosmetologist or the people that are applying and doing your nails, they all have masks on. This was before <laughs> this was before COVID. No, not they don't. They're not wearing masks just because to protect themselves from getting the coronavirus. They're protecting themselves from the ingredients that are in this nail polish that they're applying to your nails and which most likely has the formaldehyde unless it's a natural nail polish. So animal studies indicate that formaldehyde can 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 be absorbed through the skin when formaldehyde containing personal care products including formaldehyde releasing per uh, preservatives are applied so let's keep this in mind ladies um not only for the <clears throat> excuse me not only for the nail polish but the nail glues the eyelash glues the hair gels and many other personal care products that have the formaldehyde preservative so i'm going to move on next to another chemical ingredient found in many products that many cosmetics and this is called phthalates and that's spelled th i'm sorry that's spelled p-h-t-h-a-l-a-t-e-s phthalates 1 billion tons of phthalates are produced worldwide each year. Um, yes, one, and I need to turn this down so we don't get any interference here, but 1 million, 1, um, 1 billion, 1 billion with a B, <laughs> 1 billion tons of uh, phthalates are produced worldwide each year. What are phthalates? Well, phthalates are used in a variety of common consumer products. They soften vinyl plastics that are common in toys, are responsible for the smell of new vinyl shower curtains. And yes, I have smelled that. Think about that when you go the next time you go to purchase a, shower, a set of shower curtains or for your bathroom. And they are a frequent component of fragrances used in air fresheners detergents cleaning products and more they show up in cosmetics to hold color and scents and have been found also in nail polishes and treatments products that can may contain phthalates most personal care products that contain phthalates don't list them on the label yes so this is a concern right in field research the campaign for safe cosmetics found phthalates listed as an ingredient only in nail polish yet there was a, a report back in 2002 not too pretty it was called and it described phthalates in nearly three-fourths of tested products even though none of the 17 the 72 products had phthalates listed on the label. So what does this tell you about, <laughs> you know, the little sneaky things that are going on in terms of the products that we're purchasing? We're purchasing products and we don't really know what's in these products. Sometimes the ingredients 
that are in the products are not on the label. So this is very upsetting and concerning. So follow-up testing conducted by the campaign in 2008 found that some, though not all of the same products tested in 2002, now contain lower levels of phthalates. A significant loophole in the law allows phthalates and other chemicals to be added to fragrances without disclosure to consumers because fragrance occurs in nearly every conceivable product, including lotions, soaps, cleansers, and hair care products, phthalates are common. And so what I use personally, I use, a, uh, I purchase my uh, cosmetics from a company called 100% Pure. They don't use any type of chemicals, preservatives, um, natural, even the Mascara is made from blueberries and blackberries. They have a blue mascara, black black mascara. Um, So I use those cosmetics because I'm very concerned about these chemicals that are in our cosmetics. So where do phthalates come from? Well, phthalates are ubiquitous in human bodies. A study at the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention showed that every one of the 289 people tested had dibutyl phthalate in his or her body. Oh my gosh. The CDC scientists speculated these high levels could come from personal care products and cosmetics and among other things. A later, more extensive study of 2,500 individuals found metabolites of at least one phthalate in 97% of the tested group. Wow, wow, wow. So what are the health concerns here? There are many. Well, two decades of research suggests that phthalates disrupt hormonal systems, which can cause harm during critical periods of development. So if you have children or teenagers and you're using these cosmetics on them, these shampoos and conditioners and all types of uh, products that may have phthalates or formaldehyde in them, what does this mean? Well, this can cause harm during critical periods of development. Phthalate exposure in pregnant women as measured by urine samples, has been associated with a shortened distance between the anus and genitals in male babies. Oh my gosh. Indicating a feminization had occurred during a genital development. So this can explain what's going on a lot in the world today. Think about it. Think about it. Wow, shorter and anogenital distance is characteristic of female sex in both humans and animals. Other research in, in humans has shown that baby boys exposed to phthalates in breast milk had alterations in their hormone level, in their hormone levels. So are we blaming our children for whether they're not they're confused if they're a boy or a girl uh maybe we should not be doing that those who are 
those who are doing that. Uh, so think about it. Other research in adult human males has found exposure to some phthalates is associated with poor sperm quality and infertility. Further research in male animals has shown that exposure to various phthalates causes birth defects of the genitals, such as hyper, uh, hypospadias, an abnormal location for the opening of the urethra on the underside of the penis and undescended or small testicles, resulting in low sperm counts and infertility. And female laboratory animals exposed, and they were exposed to phthalates, also have been found to have alterations in sex hormones and experience fetal loss. Now, one of the ways that phthalates interfere with reproductive functioning is by reducing the levels of sex hormones, which are critical for development and functioning of the sex organs. Additional research suggests that these same mechanisms may link phthalates to breast cancer, and phthalates have also been shown to cause proliferation of breast tumor cells and renders anti-estrogen treatments such as tax, uh, tamoxifen, tamoxifen less effective against tumors. Wow. It renders anti-estrogen treatments such as tamoxifen less effective against tumors. So think about how many of your friends or relatives have been diagnosed with cancer breast cancer in particular and they're using these products so we're going to take the deodorant that has uh, many has of our deodorants on the counter have over the counter have aluminum in them there are all types of chemicals in our cosmetics that we are we should be very concerned about so the next chemical that I'm going to talk about is the di dioxane 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 and it's spelled d-i-o-x-a-n-e d-i-o-x-a-n-e very few if any cosmetics or personal care products listed Very few, if any, cosmetics or personal products list the dioxane as an ingredient, even though an analysis by Campaign for Safe Cosmetics co-founder, the Environmental Working Group, suggests that it may be found in 22% of the more than 25,000 products in the Skin Deep database of cosmetic products. Yes, let's see. Um, but, okay, that's because dioxane is a frequent contaminant of common cosmetic ingredients, but as a contaminate, contaminant, it is not listed among intentionally added ingredients. Now, products that make contain dioxane. Because it is a contaminant produced during manufacturing, the FDA does not require dioxane 
to be listed as an ingredient on product labels. Yes. Okay. You believe in the FDA? Well, <laughs> you better believe in God because this is something that's very true. Um, and without labeling, there is no way to know for certain how many products contain dioxane and no guaranteed way for consumers to avoid it. Most commonly, dioxane is found in products that create suds like shampoo, liquid soap and bubble bath. Stop using it on your children. Don't use that bubble bath unless you know it's from a company that produces products that are natural and organic. Environmental working groups analysis suggests that 97%, let me repeat, 97% of hair relaxers, ladies, 57% of baby soaps, ladies and gentlemen, and 20% of all products in Skin Deep may be contaminated with dioxane. Independent lab tests co-released by the Campaign for Safe Cosmetics in 20, 2007 showed that popular brands of children's bubble bath and body wash contain dioxane. Besides sodium laureate sulfate, which we know about, many of us know about that, in the shampoo, that's what causes it to make those those suds to be so sudsy, and we we really like that. But other common ingredients that may be contaminated by dioxane include PEG compounds and chemicals that include the clauses exynol, X Y N O L, uh, cedarith, and oleth where it comes from. Well, dioxane is generated through a process called ethoxolexation, in which ethylene oxide, a known breast carcinogen, is added to other chemicals to make them less harsh. This process creates dioxane. For example, sodium laureate sulfate, a chemical that is harsh on the skin, is often converted to the less harsh chemical sodium laureate sulfate. The ETH denotes ethoxylation, which can contaminate this ingredient with dioxane. Alternatives do exist, but many companies don't take advantage of them. Vacuum stripping can remove dioxane from eoxylated product or manufacturers can skip eloxation entirely by using less harsh, harsh ingredients to begin with. Organic standards do not allow eloxation at all. A study by the Organic Consumers Association shows that dioxane is non-existent in a variety of cosmetics produced and certified under the USDA National Organic Program, as well as other products. So what are our health concerns here? Research shows that dioxane readily penetrates the skin. Dioxane is considered a probable human, human carcinogen by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency and listed as an animal carcinogen by the National Toxology Program. 
It is included on California's Proposition 65 list of chemicals known or suspected by the state to cause cancer or birth defects. The California Environmental Protection Agency also lists dioxane as a suspected kidney toxicant. How many of you know people who have kidney failure or on kidney dialysis and they don't know what happened? They didn't do anything, but somehow they ended up with uh, kidney problems. Neurotoxicant and respiratory toxicant. That's what, uh, so it is highly unlikely that any one product containing dioxane will cause harm on its own. However, this is what we're doing. Repeated exposures from many different products do add up, right? Yes, accumulate the accumulated um, use of these products that add up. The same baby could be exposed to dioxane from baby shampoo, baby bubbles and body wash in a single bath, as well as from other contaminated personal care products today, tomorrow, and the next day. Repeated exposure to a single carcinogen synergistic effects from exposures to multiple carcinogenic and mutagenic ingredients and concerns about exposures at key points in development, such as pregnancy, infancy, and puberty are cause for concern. Yes, even though little risk is evident from a single small exposure, but none of us are just using shampoo once a year or once or once a month uh, many most of us are shampooing our hair and give and taking baths every day at least every other day and so we're using these products and over time it has an effect on our body so the last um chemical that i'm going to share with you today is called triclosan triclosan T-R-I-C-L-O-S-A-N. It is a common antimicrobial uh, agent that accumulates in our bodies and has been linked to hormone disruption and the emergence of bacterial resistance to antibiotics and antibacterial products. Along with its negative health effects, triclosan also impacts the environment, ending up in lakes, rivers, and other water sources where it is toxic to aquatic life. So we're not only killing ourselves, we're, we're killing the wildlife and the fish. So what are the products that contain triclosan or triclosan? Triclosan is found in a variety of antibacterial soaps and detergents, as well as in many deodorants, toothpaste, cosmetics, fabrics and plastics. Triclosan was initially developed as a surgical scrub for medical professionals. But in recent years, it has been added to a host of consumer products from kitchen cutting boards to shoes in order to kill bacteria and fungus and prevent odors. However, triclosan has proved to be both dangerous and unnecessary. In 2005, the FDA or 2005, the FDA found no evidence that antibacterial washes containing triclosan were superior to plain soap, soap and water for protecting consumers from bacteria. And we're using those um, antibacterial soaps on a regular basis. Well, during COVID, yes, 
we're using them more but guess what soap and water is even better there is evidence that triclosan is an endocrine disruptor and imp impacts thyroid function and thyroid homeostasis one recent study found that triclosan had an effect on thyroid hormone concentrations and another showed that triclosan interacted with androgen androgen and estrogen hormone receptors since 20 uh since 2000 a number of studies have found microorganisms that are resistant to triclosan and there is mounting evidence linking the use of triclosan with the promotion of bacteria resistance to both antibiotic medications and antibacterial products so we're just about out of time i certainly hope you have uh, gathered I've shared some valuable information with you. I do want you to enjoy today. If you have questions or concerns, please, please email me. You can email me partnersinhealth at verizon.net, Verizon partnersinhealth at verizon.net. Visit me on my website, www.partnersinhealth.biz and check me out, email me, golden voices unlimited at gmail.com i'd love to have you as a guest on my radio podcast show until next saturday everyone i'm your host gail dixon mcbride stay healthy and business savvy ta-ta for now mm -hmm.